Turn with me tonight to Psalm 102. Psalm 102, I'm not going to read all of the psalm, but we'll read a part of it. Psalm 102. If you find the place, maybe I could just point something out to you. It says, by way of a title, a prayer of the afflicted when he is overwhelmed and poureth out his complaint. Before the Lord When you have a complaint A difficulty A problem In the midst of your trials One of the greatest things you could do in the Christian life One thing that you could learn And that is to go and Tell the Lord all about it To, to pray about it to, to, to speak into his ear The whole problem And ask him for grace and wisdom and strength and help. And, and that's what we learn here, of course, from Psalm 102. Now, I'm not going to preach in the psalm tonight. I have another thought in mind. It'll become evident in a few moments. Let, let's read together from the Word of God. Psalm 102, verse 1. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Hide not thy face from me in the day when I am in trouble. Incline thine ear unto me. In the day when I call, answer me speedily. For my days are consumed like smoke, and my bones are burned as on hearth. My heart is smitten and withered like grass, so that I forget to eat my bread. By reason of the voice of my groaning, my bones cleave to my skin. I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an oil of the desert. I watch and am as a sparrow alone upon the housetop. My enemies reproach me all the day, and they that are mad against me are sworn against me. For I have eaten ashes like bread, and mingled my drink with weeping, because of thine indignation and thy wrath. For thou hast lifted me up and cast me down. My days are like a shadow that declineth, and I am withered like grass. But thou, O Lord, shall endure forever, and thy remembrance unto all generations. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion, for the set time to favor her, yea, the set time has come. For her servants take pleasure in her stones and favor the dust thereof. So the heathen shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth thy glory. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. This shall be written for the generation to come and the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. For he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven did the Lord behold the earth to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. We'll end the reading there at verse 21 and we pray God will stamp with his own approval and blessing this reading of the Holy Scriptures. Now my text tonight is taken from Psalm 102 and verses 19 
to 21. It reads as follows, For he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary, from heaven did the Lord behold the earth, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion, and his praise in Jerusalem. Now my theme tonight is remembering the Holocaust. January the 27th of each year is known throughout the English-speaking world as Holocaust Memorial Day. Holocaust Memorial Day is a day set aside for everyone to remember the millions of people murdered in the Holocaust during the Nazi persecution from 1941 to 1945. The attempt of Adolf Hitler and the Nazi party and their collaborators to murder all the Jewish people in Europe shook the very foundation of our civilization. The Holocaust was indeed a terrible blot upon humanity. It revealed the inhumanity of our own depravity. In fact, many of the details are so barbaric and so horrific that I'm not going to attempt to go into detail or to describe them. But what I will say is this, that I believe it was a terrible period for the nation of Israel, not the worst period. AD 70 was probably the worst period for the nation of Israel. But this, the Holocaust, was indeed a terrible period for the nation of Israel. The Nazis targeted anyone who they believed threatened their ideal of a pure Aryan race. Not only were the Jews targeted, but so were the Roma people, the Sinti people, disabled people, uh, homosexual people political opponents, and any others that stood in their path to domination and totalitarianism. So on the 27th of January each year, the world takes time to remember the millions murdered during the Holocaust. Holocaust Remembrance Day also takes in the genocides which followed in Cambodia, Rwanda, Bosnia, Darfur, and of course, not forgetting the three and a half thousand murdered during the Troubles in Northern Ireland from 1969 till about 2009. Many of them, as you know, were from the border areas. They were murdered for no other reason that they were from a unionist Protestant background. And for me, Holocaust Memorial Day is a time to remember those that were murdered, a time to reflect, a time to learn the lessons of the past, a time to steely resolve not to let such things happen again in our day or in our name. So I want us to think tonight using this text of scripture as a sort of a springboard. I'm not really expounding Psalm 102, and I confess that straight away, but I'm using this text as a springboard text to think about this theme, Holocaust Remembrance Day, 
and to remember the Holocaust. Could I suggest three things tonight? First of all, it was a day of liberation. Look at our text. It says in verse 20, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death. You see, why the 27th of January, young people? On this day, the 27th of January, 74 years ago, that is in 1945, the Red Army, the, the Russian soldiers, arrived at a place called Auschwitz in Birkenau. It was in Poland. And they rescued 4,000 precious souls. Now, now think of 4,000 precious souls liberated. And we do thank God for their deliverance and their salvation at that time. And some of us have seen the pictures of starving individuals, mostly of men and women. We have seen um, emaciated bodies. We, 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 we have saw pictures of those who are dying uh, literally from starvation. And from that day onward, the 27th of January 1945, the full horror of the Holocaust began to emerge to the world. And of course the world was shocked by the depravity and the barbarity of a man's inhumanity to man. Young people, the word holocaust comes from two words, which means completely burnt. And in the holocaust, as it unfolded, we have discovered that six million Jews were murdered between 1941 and 1945. Four and a half million men and women, adults, and one and a half million little children. Whenever the Red Army arrived and liberated Auschwitz, they discovered that 1.1 million Jews had already been murdered in that camp. So out of over a million, only 4,000 souls were liberated from that one camp. It's estimated that in the Holocaust, some 11 million individuals were murdered. If we add those from the Roma community and those who were disabled and those who were political opponents and even those that were homosexual, 11 million souls murdered. You see, Adolf Hitler had a deep-seated hatred towards the people of Israel. Scholars tell us that there's some 40,000 camps existed during the Six-Year War, 1939 to 1945. And the prisoners in these 40,000 camps were held in atrocious conditions. And it was during that period that millions were gassed to death. I want you to think of soldiers ordering men and women to strip. Young people. They, they thought they were going to the shores, getting their heads shaved, putting their possessions to the one side. And instead of water coming out of the shore head, there was gas. They gassed them to death. And then they gathered up the bodies. What are they going to do with the bodies? How are we going to get rid of them? 
So they were burnt in the crematoriums. Can you imagine queuing up and not realizing you're going to be gassed to death? You're going to the crematorium? This was a, a terrible, cruel form of death. I put it bluntly to you tonight, for those who are here and listening on the internet, that this was cold-blooded murder. And this arose out of a deep-seated hatred and bitterness, especially toward the Jewish people. Four and a half million men and women who were Jewish. One and a half million little children. In Jerusalem tonight, there's the Holocaust Memorial Building. I'm not going to call it a museum. I personally don't like that word museum for that building. It's known as Yad Vashem. On the three times that Rosie and I have been uh, in the land of Israel, we have uh, stayed in Jerusalem. We've visited Yad Vashem. And you go into this room and there's a, a glass floor and all the little shoes of the children are all neatly in rows underneath the glass floor. You go into another room and the names of the children are constantly 24-7 being read out. And I just want you to know tonight that Adolf Hitler planned and organized and put down in paper long before the camps were ever built, the gas chambers were erected and the crematoriums were thought of. This was premeditated. This was done in advance. He didn't just wake up one morning and think, you know, I've got all these uh, prisoners who are Jews and I'm going to slaughter all the Jews in Europe. I believe this was designed. He, he was the architect behind the plan. The, the camps were built on purpose. The gas chambers were built on purpose. The crematoriums were built on purpose. Remember the patch that the Jewish community had to wear? The yellow star of David? Where did that ever come from? Did you know that it started with the Church of Rome? They ordered the Jews in the 12th and 13th century to wear a patch to identify them and christen them as Jews. Adolf Hitler, remember, was a Roman Catholic. Adolf Hitler, remember, was also an atheist. And he was greatly influenced by the teaching of Charles Darwin. And really, Darwinism was behind the Holocaust. And if you ever come across the book, Mein Kampf, I have to confess, I haven't got a copy, I haven't read it, but I've uh, Googled it, and I've discovered that Mein Kampf is full of Darwinism, full of the teaching of atheism, a world without God, and without, as he called it, organized religion. Adolf Hitler, of course, was a very influential leader. And I just want to say this, that the Pope of Rome of the day, Pope Pius XII, knew what Adolf Hitler was doing. He knew what the Nazi party had planned in the rounding up of Jews and putting them into ghettos in the very first place. And he knew that it was being orchestrated and, 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 and the, the plan was to eventually murder them. And of course, we acknowledge that today the Vatican is trying to reach out and to become friends with the people of Israel. And I believe that the Pope has visited Yad Vashem and we, we recognize that. But you know, the 
Vatican has never repented or apologized for their years of silence in 1939 to 1945. They've never apologized for their acquiescence for the collaboration of the Nazi party. Now, I have to say tonight, I have absolutely no hatred in my heart for the Roman Catholic people. I pray for them and I yearn to reach them with the gospel. The liberating grace, the redeeming grace of God. My problem was really with the system of teaching of Roman Catholicism. Especially regard to the salvation of precious souls before God. Now, now think for a moment of those slain. I've given you the figure, young people, six million. I've given you the dates, 1941 to 1945. I've given you the meaning of the word holocaust, completely burnt. And you know, as I thought of that, I thought of another great place of burning that's mentioned in the Bible. Listen to this, but the fearful and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Revelation 21 and verse 8 mentions the great white throne judgment. And here's the catalogue of people that's going to end up in this place called the lake of fire. The first one is the unbelieving. Those that know they need to be saved and not saved. Those that know they have a soul and are not saved. Those that know that Christ is the only saviour of sinners and are not saved. Good people. Upright people. Church attending people. Bible reading people. Cast into this lake of fire because their names are not in the book of life. Body and soul thrown into the lake of fire. Auschwitz has been described as a hell on earth. And I've no doubt that it was. That place to me is but a foreshadowing of the awful place the Bible calls the lake of fire. Remember, the Bible tells us the wicked shall be turned into hell and all nations that forget God. And what a terrible thing it is to be burned. What a terrible thing it is to end up in the place of eternal burnings where the fire is not quenched, a place of outer darkness, a place of remembrance, a place where the worm dieth not. And of course, we've got many Holocaust deniers today. Didn't happen. Hitler didn't murder six million Jews. There was no gas chambers, no crematoriums. It's all lies. Read social media. But you know, I've seen it with my own eyes. George and Carol were with us in Germany when we went over to the Martin Luther trip. We, we visited Buchenwald in Germany. And um, we, we, we saw the crematorium there. We, we realized that this place is associated with mass murder. And of course today we have many that deny hell, that deny uh, the teaching of the Bible, that there's such a place as the lake of fire. It was J.C. Ryle, the first Protestant bishop of Liverpool, said, if I fail to preach and warn about hell, I'm an accomplice of the devil. I want to say tonight lovingly, and I don't preach in this subject lightly, I don't mention this to, to scare you, but there is a place of everlasting burning. 
And you know, one day I'm going to stand before Jesus Christ and give an account of my ministry. So then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. And I'll answer for my preaching. I have to answer for every sermon. And if the Lord Jesus asked me, did you warn them and carry off about this place of everlasting burning? A place far worse than the crematorium. A place that I said was the lake of fire. I can at least honestly say, well, Lord, I tried. With all my feebleness and all my weakness. Do you know tonight you have a soul? You need to be saved. You need Christ as Lord and Savior. Remember the Savior said, if you die in your sins where I am, there you cannot be. And if you're not in heaven, there's only one other place. And that's hell. There's no such place as purgatory. Are you saved tonight? Do you know your name's written in the book of life? Have you trusted Christ as Lord and Savior? When I think of Holocaust Memorial Day, I think of a a day of liberation. Souls were rescued from the burning. To me, it's also a day of commemoration. It says here in our text, to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. And you see, when I think of Holocaust Memorial Day, I think of the survivors. Many Jews were saved and spared from the gas chambers and from the crematorium. 4,000 in the Auschwitz camp, liberated by the Red Army. I think of others like Corrie ten Boom. I think of Anne Frank. Some of you young people have read the diary of Anne Frank. I think of Casper Boom. Did you know that old Casper Boom hid Jews in his house in World War II in Harlem in Holland? He had a little secret room. It wasn't very big, 30 inches by 30 inches, about the size of a wardrobe. It became a hiding place for many Jews. And of course, Corrie ten Boom and her father and her sisters remembered in the Holocaust Memorial building in Yad Vashem. Corrie ten Boom is declared as one of the righteous among the Gentiles. I believe her father was at it about 2007. The sister was at it around the same date. They they become part of the hall of fame among the the Gentiles who who sought to labor to, to save Jews from the place of burning. Thursday night, I met another survivor, a lady called Joan Salter, who's an MBE, member of the British Empire. And she told about her story. She's from Poland, and she said that they had to report to the police station every week. And uh, she had her mother and two children, and she was one of the children. And of course, as children, they they started to cry and shout uh, at each other. And uh, the policeman shouted at them and they tried to get their name up on the book. And uh, as one policeman went out of the room, the other policeman, who was a bit sympathetic to the mother and the children, whispered into her ear, there's going to be a roundup tomorrow. The soldiers are coming. Escape for your life tonight. And of course, she, along with many other Jews, made a long, arduous journey across the mountains and carried uh, that little girl to safety. And uh, Joan Salter testified on Thursday night in the city hall that she was one of the survivors of the Holocaust. You've also heard of Oscar Schindler. 
No doubt, maybe seen the film Schindler's List. I have to confess, I, I haven't seen it. But um, uh, Oscar Schindler saved about 1,200 Jews from the gas chamber. Uh, I believe that Oscar Schindler and Schindler's List is played by Liam Neeson, uh, directed by um, Steven Spielberg. Uh, Oscar Schindler was a German but I believe he was moved by the grace and goodness of God. He found work for about 1,200 Jews in his factory in the heart of Germany. And uh, he was involved too in the saving of many Jews. And his name's also in the uh, Hall of Fame, in the Righteous Among the Nations garden there in Yad Vashem. And many others were involved in the saving of Jews during the Holocaust. Too, too numerous to, to, to mention. Think of Schindler's List. He had a list of people who worked in the factory. And if your name was on it, you worked in the factory and you were saved. Doesn't the Bible talk about your name in the book of life? And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they that are written in the Lamb's book of life. Not a list of church members, not a list of good people, not a list of Protestant or Roman Catholic Lord Jesus told his disciples to rejoice that their names were written in heaven. Can you rejoice that your name was written in heaven? Could, could you imagine if you knew that you were on Schindler's list and you were being saved and protected because you were working in that factory? You, you think of that hiding place that Caspar Boom had. And of course, there's a spiritual hiding place for all who will trust in Christ. Listen to these words. And a man shall be in hiding place from the wind. And a covered from the tempest. And of course that's Isaiah 32 and verse 2. And that's none other than the Lord Jesus. The Lord Jesus is the true hiding place. The Bible says, but this man after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Sat down in the right hand of God. Who needed hiding? The weak, the frail, the downtrodden, the children, the disabled, the, the, the homosexual. And a great hiding place was provided. And that hiding place was Christ. And, and the, the individuals could, could hide in him. Could I ask tonight, are you hiding in him? Maybe you're trying to hide from him. I want to tell you tonight, it's impossible. You can't hide from the Lord. Hagar said, thou God seest me. The psalmist said, if I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. Why would you want to hide from such a wonderful saviour? Hiding in him. Corrie ten Boom's father had a hiding place. There's a great spiritual hiding place and, uh, uh, provided tonight for all who will enter into it. Imagine someone resisting to go into the hiding place. I don't want to go into that little cupboard. And yet in that cupboard was salvation and safety and supply. This Holocaust Memorial Day is a day of commemoration. Could I just finish tonight by suggesting that I believe it's also a day of determination. You see, Holocaust Memorial Day is remembered all over the world. And the motto of the Holocaust is never again. And that was made clear on Thursday night in the town hall for, or in the city hall for those that were there. Never again will we allow such a thing to happen in our day and generation. 
We will not allow innocent people to be butchered. And did you know that in the land of Israel, they hold in Holocaust Memorial Day two minutes of silence. People are driving their car down the motorway. Stop. They get out. They open their doors. And they stand at 11 o'clock in silence. Shopkeepers stop serving. People that are buying goods, they stand in silence as well. And all over the country, from, from the parliament to the people to the poor, in the land of Israel, the whole nation comes to a standstill. And the whole nation saying, it'll not happen again. But I want you to remind you of something tonight as we finish. Think of these genocides. Cambodia, 1975 to 1979. The Khmer Rouge, Pol Pot, millions died. Rwanda, 1994, one million Tutus and moderate Hutus in the hundred days of genocide were murdered. Bosnia, 1995, civil war. 8,000 Muslims in Srebrenica were murdered. In Darfur, in the civil war in 2003, the uh, Arab Muslims uh, in West Sudan went on the rampage. 200,000 to 400,000 were murdered. In Northern Ireland, 1969 to about 2009, 3,500 were murdered in the name of Irish liberation. The majority, of co course, were innocent civilians. I'll be writing to the Holocaust Memorial organizers and asking them why Northern Ireland is not actually included in their Holocaust Memorial Day remembrance. Because I believe it's good to remember. I believe it's right to remember. I believe it's good to reflect in these genocides. And you think of this motto, this steely determination. This is what the world is saying. Never again. But it happened in 1941 to 1945. And, and these other genocides have followed from that. You see, it's only wishful thinking, folks. It's only a forlorn hope. It's, it's never fully guaranteed. Think of the war in Iran, the war in Iraq, the war in Afghanistan, the war in Assyria. Why not? And I'll give you the answer. Here's the answer. Jeremiah 17 and 9, the heart is deceitful and above all things desperately wicked. Who can know it? None of us knows the depth of our own human depravity. None of us realizes that we're dead in trespasses and sins. None of us realize how darkened we are in the evil imaginations of our own mind. None of us knows how diseased we are in our will and affections in relation to sin. Remember it was um, God that said to Noah... And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Remember what the Lord Jesus said in Mark 7, for from within out of the heart of man proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within. And defile the man. Never again. It's, it's not going to happen. Why? Because of the depravity of the human heart. And that's why we see man's inhumanity toward man. Because people have left God out. 
And people have left their own sinnership out of the equation. And I said to a man beside me on Thursday night, do you know what's wrong with this Holocaust Memorial Day? I'll tell you, they've left God out. And they've left human depravity out. And when you leave God out and human depravity out, then what have you got? Wishful thinking, never again. Do you know there was only one tonight who could say never again? And do you know who he was? The Lord Jesus himself. The greatest soldier of all. The the one who came into the world to offer himself a once and for all sacrifice for sin. Do you know that the Lord Jesus will never be sacrificed again? Calvary, we can say, never again. And so it is appointed unto men once to die and after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many. And unto them that look for him shall he return the second time without sin unto salvation. Calvary will never happen again. It's finished. He said, it is finished. The blood was shed. The sacrifice was offered. The the proof is the the empty tomb, the resurrection. He he went and made payment to his father. He, he, He put the blood of sacrifice on the altar. On Friday's news, it was mentioned that one of the survivors was reunited with one of the soldiers out of the Red Army who had liberated her in 1945. She held his hand. Tears rolled down her face. I can just picture that dear woman. And she said to the soldier, thank you for coming. Thank you for saving me. Then I thought of the greatest soldier of all, the Lord Jesus. He's come into the world on a mission of mercy. He's the captain of our salvation. He has come to set us free. To whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And and, and he's setting us free. Not not from a camp. But from the the terrible um, quagmire of sin and its consequences. Something far worse than the concentration camps, the gas chamber and the crematorium. Have you ever said tonight taken Christ by faith, by the hand, and said, Lord, thank you for coming. Thank you for dying to save me. I trust you. I really rejoice that you're my deliverer. Wouldn't it be tragic if you reject them? Could you imagine someone to come through the gate of Auschwitz and a soldier going to rescue someone to save them? And them saying, do you know, I don't want to be saved. You would think that there's something wrong. Somebody's been playing havoc with their mind. And of course, that's exactly what the devil is doing to many right now. You know you need to be saved. You know you need to trust Christ. He has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And if you come to him tonight in repentance and say, Lord, I'm a sinner. I want to be saved. Save me in Jesus' name. He will save you. And you can look into the face of Christ and you can hear him saying, Calvary, never be repeated. Never again. And you can rejoice and say, thank you for coming. The Holocaust Memorial Day. It's not often I speak on a special anniversary. It's not often I just take a text and use it as a springboard. But I could not let this day go past. Given that it's a Sabbath evening, it's the 27th of January, And I thought I'd preach on this subject. 
It was a day of liberation. It was a day of commemoration. And we thank God for the survivors and their saviors who hid many. It's a day of determination. Not again. But let's remember our own depravity. And let's remember only one could say, never again.